episode number 124. This is Greg Duncan, and my co-hosts have bailed on me again, but we're lucky. Last time, you guys remember, not the solo show, but the one before that, we had a, an interviewee who happened to be here, Josh Garverick. Well, guess who's with me today? Josh! Hey, how the heck are you, man? I'm doing well, Greg. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so what have you been up to? We, you were last on uh, February of this year. What's been up with you since? Well, I've, I've since thought out, you know, the, the winters up north are a little <laughs> cold, but um, I've, I've managed to uh, convert our entire company's instance of TFS into VSTS, have been running strong with that, and I'm currently in the middle of leading a newly formed DevOps team and uh, migrating basically all of our infrastructure into Azure. So that's been crazy pants, but a lot of fun. Wow. That sounds that's, dude, that's great resume wear. Right. I don't know if you could pick better resume wear than that. Right. <laughs> wow. Uh, so how was the conversion? Was it easy? Was it painful? Uh, we, we did run into some snags. I had a couple of restarts that we had to go through uh, just based on timing and information and network latency and uh, trips to the bar, you know, things like that. <laughs> the, the normal stuff. Uh, but we finally got got everything up there. We had some hiccups initially when we kicked off that following Monday with you know a couple of people's logins bottoming out. We're, we're, mm -hmm. we're using the Azure AD tenant to do all the authorizations. So uh, we had a couple of folks who had had weirdo changes go on at the last minute. And uh, aside from that, honestly, it's been really, really good. I'm really glad that we made the move and it's opening up a lot of opportunities for us to do bigger and better things. So, uh, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about it. Man, I, I am seriously jealous because the, the thought of never having to update my TFS again is becoming so compelling. Mm -hmm. And that was the one of the biggest sells, really. That was that and the 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 features every three weeks <laughs> that that to me that was worth it in and of itself so <sighs> yeah i just uh our last weekend we upgraded because recently i upgraded to tfs from 2013 to 2015 uh, last weekend we upgraded our tfs from 2012 to 2014 so as soon as TFS 15 comes out. Uh, I think I'm going to jump on that. You mean once it's actually named? <laughs> Dude, don't, don't even get me started. You've heard me ranting about that. Oh, How yeah. did it not have a name yet? <laughs> what the hell? It who remains uh, nameless. Yeah. Quote, quote. I, I'm almost convinced that they're not going to rename it, that they are just going to suck it up and call this TFS 15. But I mean, how can we be an RC or an RC2 now? I know it's 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 very strange. I'm I'm kind of hoping that they follow the pattern of of Prince and do the uh, you know version control system formerly known as FPC. <laughs> just use the symbol. Like can we can we get the, the Visual Studio icon in, in as a Unicode character and just be done with it? <laughs> or or you know uh, what do they call it? Uh, we can call it version control three sixty five or. Uh, <laughs> DevOps 365. Oh, God, that's it. That's the name. It, it, it's marketing synergy right there. That's, that's, yeah. what, that's what we need, <laughs> you know? Stop it, man. You're killing me. <laughs> oh, now that would be a show. Greg dies on the air. <laughs> um, so that's good. That's great. Yeah. I'm, that is freaking awesome. I'm, like I said, jealous, jealous, jealous. Um, good news. Last show, we talked about Mickey and I were on and we we're worried about uh, our MVP renewals and we were both renewed. Yay. Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was I was very happy. 
very thrilled and i appreciate you know it's it's you listening to this right now is why i am an mvp it's your listening it's your support it's your emails um it's you guys as to why i'm an mvp today and i really want to thank you for that i really appreciate it and uh my team members here appreciate it too i brought in my award box and did an unboxing here for my team because they had never seen none of them been an MVP before, really worked with one before. So I did my whole unboxing and showed them the the um, award plaque and the you know year thingy that we put on the statue and the year thingy. Um, that's <laughs> yeah. What's that called? Do you know? I have no idea. Um, the slotted disc, maybe. I... <laughs> For those of you guys who haven't, who, who you, who, yeah, for you guys who are not MVPs and have no idea what the heck we're talking about, when you first get MVP, you get this um, acrylic uh, award thing that you put on your desk and a round slotted thing with the year on it. And you keep piling those up. Every year, you don't get a new uh, acrylic statue. You get a round slotted doohickey to stack up for, for your years. Um, if I remember, I'll put a picture in the show notes. To show you guys what I'm talking about, but yeah, I, I a slotted doohickey thing in my bob. <laughs> Very official term, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so did you? So did you broadcast your unboxing on like Periscope or anything? Or no? Now, like I said, we did it here at work. Stole a conference room, grabbed everybody in there, and they're all like, "Oh, wow, Greg, that is really exciting. You suck, you rat bastard." So I was like, <laughs> "Shut up, it's mine." Yeah, really. It's like it couldn't be the lunch that I bribed them, you know, with to let me do these podcasts. But right. yeah. in any case, there was something else that came across my Facebook page, which I was hoping Mickey was going to be here that he could talk to this. Uh, this is awesome. It's called Four of a Kind, Rogers, Richie, Millsap, and Diamond. Our Rat Pack of Regulars. Clark Ritchie, Mickey Gousset, Scott Bratton, and Dev Jenkins will deliver a unique show mixing the music of four superstar male entertainers of the 70s and 80s. Hmm. How cool is that? Right? Yeah. I mean, and that's um, October 22nd. The, I'll have the link bright uh, link in the show notes. If you guys are in Mississippi, Baldwin, Mississippi, Lula Lee's, uh, it looks like. Are they free? I don't know. Let's find out. $19. But if you're in town and that sounds like something cool and, and you know, you're a fan of Radio TFS, go, go cheer Mickey on. I can't see. I am so non-musical generating guy. I, I'm just not that kind of dev. Yeah. You, you know how they are? There's those developers who play guitar. And there are those, those who just can't, they get different mindset. Are you a, a music guy or a non-music guy? No, I'm a music guy. I've played bass for a number of years. I pretend to play guitar. My daughter will tell you I'm very good at guitar, um, despite my rantings and musings. <laughs> and one of my pet projects is actually to set up a recording studio in my basement. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're one of those guys that I hate then, is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Who have that kind of skill. Just, creatives, man. I just don't get creatives. I, I just can't do that. It's just, it just amazes me. People who can just come up with that stuff and out of, you know, their, their brain cells. Yeah. Anyway, if it's not, you know, 90 degrees left and right, you know, even OCD, uh, I can't do it. <laughs> or at least I'm too old now to try. My brain's full. Nah, I, don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. 
All right. Well, let's get let's get to the news. But first, before we do the news, um, we were talking about MVPs, and just recently, uh, Seth Juarez and Lisa Anderson were talking about just that thing. How do you become an MVP? And they posted a, a, a great video up on Channel Nine. I'll have links in the show notes and talk about. It. You know, we ask that. I ask that every time. How do you become an Alum Ranger? How do you become an MVP? And you know, the normal answer is passion. But, and what do they say? Let's see. Lisa explained the most important qualities for being an MVP are impact and passion. So uh, that's cool. And we'll have the links in, in the show notes for that. Now the news. And Josh and I are going to go back and forth since he, are the, he and I are the only ones here. Um, we're going to make fun of all the other co-hosts that aren't here. And we're going to, you know, step on each other and, you know, you know a normal radio TFS. <laughs> it's like it's like a giant mosh pit, really. Yeah, really. You know, well, as I always explain it, even explained it to you and all of our interviewees, dude, this is just some ALM geeks getting together, geeking about our favorite subjects that we happen to record and share with the world. It's kind of like Periscope, but just not real and as cool as that. But <laughs> doesn't have the trend, the trendy panache, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so the news, well, we always start off with what's new in VSTS world. Uh, there is a new update, October 12 update. Now, this one is actually different. Brian Harry talks about this in his post. The release notes came out yesterday for it. But the thing is, is Brian explains this in detail in his post that what they used to do is do the release notes after the release. Uh, maybe you guys know, and, and I'm sure, Josh, you know that the, the releases to VSTS are staged. They they come out in waves. It's not like just one day, one button. Everybody gets the latest update. They they, they roll it slowly into the different rings. Uh, what they used to do is the release notes after the rolling was done. Brian explains that you know what we've been looking at that, doing a retrospective on that, listening to the feedback, and saying that's not really working for them because the the clients, the big customers with literally thousands of users, are seeing these changes just out of the air, just, just boom, there's a new change there. And then a week later, the, the release notes come out. So the, what they're going to do is they're going to swap that. They're going to do the release notes and then start rolling it. So as, as you view these release notes, just understand that you may not get the updates the day that the release notes come out, that they're rolling. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and it's really handy that they'll be switching that up too. I've gotten socked a couple of times where people, hey, tough guy, you converted us over to VSTS and all of a sudden they release all these changes and I don't know what's going on. And like, <laughs> Settle down. Your, your stuff's still there. Can you can you still triage your bugs? Okay, that's good. Let's take a breath. It's, it's all gravy. Um, but yeah, that's one thing that I think would be really, that is going to be really helpful that uh, that stuff will be available kind of, you know, pre-flight, I suppose you could say. Yeah. So what is, what is in this release? What's, what's the new and exciting things on it? Well, um, Brian Harry talks about that. And uh, the release notes, obviously, talk about that. What did I do with the release notes? I had them here in my list. They were all ready. They were all lined up. Oh, there. <laughs> Sometimes I worry myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
there. You know, if it had been a snake, it would have bit me. Anyway, um, the release notes, the new features are this, the new navigation that we've talked about before. It's now on by default. So you have to go and opt out of it if you don't want the new navigation. And I actually I had to go look at that. I, um, I've got my own VSTS, of course, but I also, the Channel 9 team that you know I, I do some work with, they use it for their ticketing system. And uh, I had to go look and find out which interface are they using. And they're using the new one. And I didn't even notice it. At work, TFS, it's old because it's still TFS uh, uh, 2013 or 2015. And uh, Channel 9, it's new. And I really didn't impact me too much. What do you think? About the new nav? Yeah, about the new nav. I personally love it. I know that when people started to really realize what was going on with it. They're like, ah, you know, the, the traditional, um, you know, Facebook updated my Facebook and it's your fault type of an argument. But honestly, it's so much more well-organized. It's much easier to follow. And I, I'm finding that people are really taking to it really well. So, you know, the, the whole thing is a smashing success in my book. Do you mind me asking how many of your users are on it? Is it like one, 20, 500, 1,000? We've got about 190 right now. Wow. Uh, and that inc- that's including folks that are uh, domestic U.S. We've got some in the U.K. We've got some in, in Manila as well who are using it. So Awesome. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. What's it, what's it like managing the, the TFS for that kind of that size of a team or that number of users? Believe it or not, it's not as bad as you might think. They're pretty self-sufficient. Uh, we've got a lot of power users who are really good at creating team spaces and organizing their boards the way they want them, getting in there and doing queries. So a lot of what we end up with is mm-hmm. more along the lines of, hey, I can't access this stuff, or I've got three new people starting. I need test manager licenses for them. So a lot of more of the uh, the authorization and procurement stuff is really what we end up getting. Cool. I've never actually worked with that, a team of, of development of, of, you know, version control type people with, with that many people in it. I, I think I was at 25 or so. It's the largest I've worked on. To be, and to be fair, some of those are also quality engineers that we've got our product folks that are in there. Uh, some of our client services folks are in there as well from a, uh, uh, bug tracking and, and defect tracking aspect. So it, it kind of spans everything, but there's definitely a lot of folks in there that are just straight up devs. Hmm. Uh, well, back to the news, We're going through the release notes. Uh, they've added a, I, I don't really, I don't, I, they've added a cherry pick and revert feature. We've added two new features that make it easier to port or back out changes from the web portal, web portal, cherry pick and revert. So this is, Primarily for Git users, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Primarily for Git users. Um, yeah, well, it does <laughs> exactly what the title says, huh? <laughs> Stupid developers. Uh, there's a number of other features th- that are included here, too. Lots of bug fixes, uh, email support for A and A, uh, Azure Active Directory groups, uh, Azure resource groups, lots of Azure stuff, testing and feedbacks, test hub stuff. Uh, but what I think I'm more interested and excited about is in this same release cycle, they've uh, generally released the code search and the testing and feedback extensions. The code search just 
I love this thing. And I, that's one of the reasons why I want TFS 15 in-house because it is just cool. Is this something you use at all or have seen used or your people use? I know some folks do use it. I think a lot of folks still use searching locally. So with mm-hmm. Visual Studio versus using VSTS for that. Um, I've definitely used it several times and it's one of those things that I think being, you know, a user of GitHub and, and having exposure to the ability to search <laughs> yeah. through that is a great, you know, a great way to, to reach some parity there. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely in there and the exploratory testing stuff too. Um, definitely taking, taking that up and, and having, like I said, some of our client service folks, um, go in and, and screen cap issues in the system and, and send them back through the, through the defect path. Um, that's, mm-hmm. that's helpful too. So, well, I don't know. The pricing on these is kind of prohibitive, you know, of having it free, having both of those free. I don't know. I always, <laughs> I always approach that with an air of suspicion. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if you could, since they're going to be part of and included with, or at least the code search is going to be included in TFS 15. I don't, you know, in the box charging for it on, on VSTS would be kind of kind of weird. Now, is the exploratory testing is free, right? I'm looking at it right now. Uh, I'm sorry, not exploratory testing. It's called test and feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think that you have to, in order to capture and attach those, you need test access, right? Okay. Okay. That that's So that's the Cal level for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. All righty. Uh, what else do we have? What other news? Um, there's a lot of posts on details for these code searches and testing and feedback. Really nice in-depth articles that I'll have links in the show notes. So if you guys uh, want to look at the long in-depth details on these posts, pl- please uh, check out the show notes for that. So Josh, when people are rolling these kinds of things out, when VSTS is rolling these kinds of things out, uh, how, how do they handle that? You know, do they turn it on for everybody or when they roll out changes like that? No. Yeah. That's when they roll out those new features. They, it goes ring by ring, right? So you've got, uh, you've got your ring zero through ring five, I believe. So they'll, they'll go through and roll all that stuff out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing. I tried to do a really cool segue to your new next story about controlling right. exposures through feature flags and VS, uh, TS. And I totally botched it. Oh no, that was probably me. <laughs> As soon as you started laughing, I'm like, shit, I'm not talking about the right thing, am I? (laughs) (laughs) But you're right. Your answer was right. It goes from ring zero to ring one, ring two. So it wasn't wrong. It was just, uh, yeah. Slightly misguided. That's okay. (laughs) At least I didn't go, well, you know, you see the ring before you die. (laughs) (laughs) It's the one ring. Yes. Uh, To rule them all. So talk, talk to us about feature flags. Yes, feature flags. So when, whenever you're you're looking to control exposure to, to different functionality, and especially if you've got things that are spanning uh, multiple sprints and and need to, to remain hidden until they're completely complete, I realize that that sounds kind of weird. <laughs> um, a, a common practice is to use feature flags. And Buck Hodges actually talks about how feature flags are used in Visual Studio Team services. Helps control exposure around any features that are not ready for prime time yet and also allows for uh, features to be lit up for uh, private previews and things like that too. So an interesting uh, little bit of coverage as far as uh, features are concerned with VSTS. 
Yeah, he has some nice articles from an overview to a more in-depth. Uh, I, I love the idea of feature flags. I talked to, to a vendor. Not Who is the vendor? They even talked about it on the ALM blog. Oh, I should find that now. But you don't have to invent this wheel. Mm. There are third-party services that will help you do feature flags. Are you thinking of launch darkly? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. I talked to them and I love that. And but the time that they were they were cloud only and I couldn't do cloud. But uh, that idea, I just I, I just dig that. And I try to sell it here, and people look at me like I'm an idiot. It's like oh, why? Let's just we don't need that. We'll just comment it out. It's like oh. <laughs> plop. <laughs> yeah, that that was the sound of my hopes and expectations today before. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So Buck also had a nice post. I, I, you guys you know me. Um, the behind baseball, the the reading the posts about lessons learned. Mm-hmm. Buck Hodges has a great post on how we work and lessons we've learned building team foundation, team services, and TFS. So it's a, a video with lead automation DevOps at scale. A true story. <laughs> Does it come complete with like the after school special music to lead in? <laughs> I think I it should. I miss those. I right. really miss those. Yeah, you know the one about how a bill is made and oh oh no 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 that wasn't a after school special. That was uh, Schoolhouse was that? Rock. Yeah, yeah there you rock, go, man. Yeah, I used to love that. Oh, we're having our old guy moments again, man. You know that's okay. You just have to deal with it. <laughs> just let it happen, man. Just let it happen. <laughs> uh. So speaking of 15 and Greg ranting about having a branding name, uh, Visual Studio 15 Preview 5, we're getting the architecture dependency stuff back. Yes. That has been – it was like called White Horse a thousand years ago. Uh, but it allows you to build in validations for your architecture dependencies and check it not just at build but now even at runtime. Using Rosalind, it will check it at runtime as you are creating classes. So I thought that was kind of cool. It's nice to see that this is given some uh, given some love. Yeah, that that's one of the features that I always meant to incorporate more <laughs> more fully yeah. into the stack. And people are just like, "What are you doing? <laughs> Can't you just draw some some stuff on a on a PowerPoint slide and call it a day?" Yeah, I could, but this actually does stuff. Well, we don't care about that. You know, just make the picture look okay, and we're just going to tell you now when you're done. So. Like, yeah, oh. really. <laughs> F5, time to ship it, you know, uh-huh. compiles, let it go. Exactly. Uh, now, I don't see the – well, I'm sure it'll be in VS 15 Enterprise. I don't know if it's going to be available in a lower, like, you know, community or professional – Ah, right there, Visual Studio Enterprise. So if you've got Visual Studio Enterprise and um, Visual Studio, quote, unquote, 15, you'll get this new capability. Nice, nice. So – Talk to us about dashboards. Do you guys use dashboards? We do. My my uh, release team and uh, a couple of my delivery teams are really really proficient in creating nice looking dashboards that that uh, actually capture the essence of what they should capture versus you know you know the one guy who will go in there and throw a widget in there for everything. So yeah. you, you look at it and it's like, you know, this is blue, this is green, this is red. What's wrong? The sky is falling. But really, he just put in a bunch of stuff that's, that's you know, based on queries from two years ago. So it's all wrong. Um, yeah, that uh, 
that happens, you know, strangely, I get the balance of the people who don't know what they're doing and then the people who really know what they're doing. And um, there are a lot of different widgets that you can put on there. You can create your own widgets now. Um, a couple months back, I did a, a post about how to add a widget to your dashboard, like creating a custom uh, PSTS widget that would incorporate graphs so you can visualize some of the data. I know that there are some plans to to also get some more guidance around that at some point uh, as well. Um, the The nice thing with a lot of these widgets is just the configuration aspect of it. There's so much that you can do with with plugging information in and, and creating your own backend queries to, to really make it your own. And one of my favorites, and I, I, this makes me a really huge nerd, I know, but uh, one of my favorites is the release management tile. So when you go to pin a release definition to your dashboard and it gives you the mm-hmm. little overview with the, you know, here are your boxes that have your environment names. Oh, yeah, that's cool. One of my absolute favorites. And I'm very upset that it's only for VSTS and not TFS 2015. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bummed me because i'm going through trying to add you know the cool widgets because we don't really use the dashboards unfortunately we use uh, tfs for version control now we're using it for starting to use it for uh, build automation and uh, release deployment Ah. work items unfortunately we still store in version one which makes me sad but that 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 release management widget with all the little squares. Oh man, I really want that. So that's another reason why I'm pushing to get TFS 15. As soon as it RTMs, I and I know RC2 is go live and fully supported, but uh, once it RTMs here soon, uh, that's going to be my drive to get that thing in house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Kind of reminds me of what's the quote about the uh, the T bone steak from Tommy Boy? Oh, I don't. I seen that show like a thousand times but i can't remember <laughs> uh, it's probably not safe for this podcast anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah if you had, uh yeah so there was another post here that i wanted to definitely call out jesse howing did this one and uh muhammad rodwin did our the vsts post and that's a really nice post it talks about the differences between the the dashboards jesse howing has this ongoing post he wrote like a million years ago and this has to be if you are supporting TFS uh, and you're doing it like in the real world where you have multiple versions of TFS and multiple versions of Visual Studio, uh, you have to pin this. You have to get this. The title of it is Connecting to TFS from Any Version of Visual Studio. And literally, it's any version. He first wrote it back in 2013, and he's continuing to update it. So from including you know, VB6, Visual Studio.net, Visual Studio 2013 on Windows XP, connecting to TFS 2012, all of this stuff is here from every version of Visual Studio that you can possibly imagine is on this post. And including the different OSs from Windows XP, Vista, 7, 8, 10, <laughs> everything is here. And even including the other stuff like um, uh, business intelligent, intelligence, <laughs> intelligent, yeah. It's hard for me to say intelligent. I wonder why. A business intelligence development studio, which is why I ended up on this post. This list just goes on and on. You have to have this as a TFS admin. And we'll have the links in the show notes. That is absolutely 100% true um, because you never know what kind of what kind of stuff you're going to end up getting uh, at your place of employment and uh, being prepared for any of those is is definitely a good thing. 
So I see also that uh, Johnny Matilla has uh, a post about simple web application lifecycle management with VSTS and Azure. One of the one of the great things about VSTS is just how tightly you can integrate with a lot of the Azure functionality, and it's realistically stupid simple. <laughs> it's it's go set up a an endpoint, make sure that you have your your service principal and your credentials set up, and and Johnny goes through a lot of of really good in depth information in this post on how to to set up your Azure Resource Manager service endpoint, creating your repository. Um, creating your build definitions so you can have your CI, making sure your release definition set up for continuous delivery, uh, just end-to-end, really really a good comprehensive post about using VSTS and leveraging the power of the cloud. <laughs> that, was, that, was my, that was my sales guy voice, by the way. That was, that was good. That was good. Uh, yeah, keep rubbing it in for those people who aren't on Azure yet, Josh. <laughs> just go ahead. Just get a little, you know, uh, twisting the... Thumb screws a little bit tighter there. I've actually been using the, the release management and deploying to an IIS site. Unfortunately, all the instructions that I found are for ASP.NET uh, 4.6, a legacy, old, you know, not ASP.NET Core. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, because um, Wes McDonald had a great post that I used a good bit of it, when I'm doing up my release definitions for working with web deployment and release management. He goes about all of the, you know, the, the tasks that you need to get. Oh, that's another thing. Did I bitch about this last show? How come all the things in the box on TFS, there's a bunch of Azure things, but none of the like on-prem stuff. This is an on-prem server that I'm installing. TFS is on-prem, so there should be a lot of on-prem stuff. I just don't get it. That's you know that's a really good good uh, good point because a lot of us are still in that world. I mean, even myself, I still have a lot of I'm doing a lot of cloud to ground. You know, I'm building mm-hmm. up in the cloud and deploying back down to you know uh, a bunch of hypervisors that I have in a in a I say closet jokingly, but um, <laughs> you know in a room upstairs and that's a realistic scenario where you're going to have to deploy to on-prem stuff using those types of tools and um, having some more out of the box functionality for situations like that would absolutely be helpful. Or I could just join the, you know, tens and go to the cloud, but yeah. Uh, But but Wes has a great post on building your build definition and release definition. If you're doing an ASP.NET not core, but .NET, uh, all the things to go through. And even this still put me on the, the right track. And, and right mouse click, you know, create a release and do a deploy. The first time that worked all the way through from doing, you know, two database SQL Server database projects, updating those guys and, and deploying the website. And then d- I downloaded a task to send a custom email and watching that all go was like magical. It truly is a, a life-changing event. The fact that, you know, how long, how many years have we been right mouse click publish from Visual Studio? Well, okay. too many, too many. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not, not, not you, not, not, not you guys listening. How many have you seen other people do that, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. we all know that that's evil and bad and just not repeatable. Well, it's repeatable, <sighs> it's repeatable in the wrong way. <laughs> So how do you debug this when you're doing the, the, the TFS builds and using the VNext build stuff? Is there like an easy way to do debugging? There actually is. According to Ben Day, 
And Ben Day is a bit of a, a radio TFS celebrity, I believe, right? He gets quite a <laughs> bit of mentions. Um, yes. He has, a, he has a really useful post, though, about enabling uh, verbose debugging in Build V Next. And for anybody who's tried to to sift through some of the output that comes out of there, sometimes it's not very helpful. <laughs> uh, sometimes you need to, to really get in there and get some more details. So what you can do is set a variable called system.debug, set that to true in your build definition, and Ben's post will walk you through how to do that. It will give you a full, you know, full verbosity, full velocity verbosity, um, and it should be able to help you track down your issues a little bit better. You know, I was, we've talked about this on the show before, but uh, one of my, uh, my coworkers here who's been developing as long as I have, uh, we just watch the build and we, you know, we queue up the build and we're on the webpage and we just watch the console and our li- our eyes just glow. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, look at this. How cool this is. You know, how geeky is that? This means there's more stuff to look at. Turn this. Yes, on. yes, much more things to color code. So we were we've been talking about tasks, and, and we're coming. We're at where are we at? We're at uh, 35 minutes in. So give us another 15 minutes, folks, or so, and we'll and we'll be through. But um, we're talking about builds. You know, there is uh, a build and release tasks for Visual Studio Team Services and Team Foundation Server GitHub repo. And there are a whole bunch of tasks here. If you want to think about creating these kind of tasks, this is the place, this is the repo that you want to go to. Uh, there are all the details, all the source, the, the docs here, all sorts of handy dandy stuff. Related to this, the guys at um, Team Object Shark have this post and that I want to tell as a task consumer, Build task or release task consumer. Uh, I, I want to strongly recommend all recommend all you task builders do. He shows how you can um, put a drop down, put drop down arguments in your tasks. His example is deploying a data pack, and you know I, I don't know how many command line options I put. Uh, you know dash p colon, publish changes, and trying to remember what those parameters actually are for these when I'm scripting out this command line thing, you don't have to do that. He shows you the the, the JSON on how to create that to do a human-readable option and map it to a, a command line argument. So really, again, uh, you. Yes, I'm looking at you, that guy right there. Don't make us have to remember all of those command line arguments because our brains are full. Dropdowns are good. Finally, we have a post from oh, Rene Van Arsenberg. Arsenberg, Rene, sorry, on uh, how to set a ver- output variable in a PowerShell VSTS build task. <laughs> Shut up, Josh. What? What? This is, <laughs> this is gold, Jerry. <laughs> Greg. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Man, I forgot where I was for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he shows it's a nice article. Nice. It's short. It's sweet. It's how do you set those environment variables or how you set the output variables in PowerShell, which you can then use down the line. And that, that's the important part of that. I know that was that was kind of a big ask for a while as far as, you know, how do we pass things from from step to step? And yeah. um, that's the 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 reality is that that's a more common scenario than people might think. So having the ability to do that and having a nice write up like this is is 
pretty crucial. So Muhammad Radun is back, and this time about your one of your favorite subjects, right? Absolutely. What is DevOps? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. <laughs> I'm not a singer. I never said I was a singer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what is DevOps? So Mohammed goes through uh, a very good approach in, in describing not only what you know the compound DevOps word means, but also goes into discussing the principles. Why does it exist? Um, giving you a really good uh, bite-sized nugget of, hey, what is this DevOps thing that I hear all these cool kids talking about on the playground? And uh, what can I do with it? What, what, how does it benefit me? So if you want to check that out, swing by and, and check out his post. Links in the show notes. I love that picture. Traditional development and operations, dev, wall of confusion, ops equals exploding bomb. <laughs> <laughs> one could argue one could argue that that might be the Death Star. Oh, so, yeah. There you go. In which case, uh, in which case that could add a whole different meaning to this this picture, but I, I won't do that. <laughs> Uh, and his other picture too. I, I shared this with my with my team because one of the quotes about DevOps is feature switches. So those people that were poo pooing, we shouldn't do feature switches. As well, then you're not doing DevOps. See, I've got a post that says it right here, and if it's on the internet, it has to be true. <laughs> exactly. Don't, don't believe everything you read on the internet. That's how World War One got started. <laughs> Oh, uh, so uh, some of my favorite people, Channel 9, recently posted a show, The Xamarin Show. This is episode four, uh, and they did continuous delivery with Josh Weber. And Josh Weber goes in, it's a 47-minute video talking about cross-platform continuous delivery, which kind of makes sense since it's The Xamarin Show and they are cross-platform. Um, but he walks through with the whole uh, gated releases of the hockey app, how to deploy straight to Google Play. It's a nice little post here. And there's all the links are in their show notes, and we'll have a link to this in our show notes. And, and speaking of continuous delivery to Google Play, John Mountain, Mountain Mango, Mango, Mongo, John, Mongo, John, Mongo. Montemagno? Montemango. Ah, oh, there you go. Well, I'm yeah. glad you're on the show. <laughs> I have to have you back sometime. Yeah, I've got to do something there in my keep. <laughs> uh, he goes into it, a continuous delivery to Google Play with team services, uh, a nice detailed click here, click here, build this, build this, and it includes continuous deployment to, to hockey app. So it's a very good companion to that Xamarin show. And if if you're one of the few, the proud, the Windows Store deploy. Oh, I didn't say that out loud, did I? Uh, I'm afraid you did. You, you can't edit that one out in post, man. It's got to stay. <laughs> Dave posted a, a here on how you can do the same thing, continuous deployment to Windows Store. So they're not left out. You can do continuous deployment to all three of the major stores. And actually, I, I, I'm still a Windows 10. I still have a Windows 10, I have a Windows 10 phone. And all my machines are Windows 10. I love Windows 10. I love Windows 10. I do not like Windows Phone. I just got rid of mine. Um, even with the upgrade to Windows 10, I'm just mm -hmm. like, man, this is just, it's just brutal. I was not, it was not a good experience for me. And for, for those who actually have, like, I believe like the 950, the 950 XL, where you can use the continuum and make it all cool and snazzy and plug into HDMI monitors. Yeah, I didn't have that one. I had the the phone created for selfies, so it's probably a bad choice on my part. But um, I just picked up an iPhone seven, and and you can email him at Josh at no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, my contact stuff's in here. You know where I. Am. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, we'll have, as a matter of fact, we will have uh, Josh's contact information uh, linked to his bios and, and his Twitter uh, account as well. So uh, tell, give him your support. Say, you know, I, I'm a, a Windows 10 phone alumni too, or not. Yeah, I'm still in it. I, I don't know what my next phone is going to be. Well, I, I just got this uh, Verizon Lumia 735, and I, I'm pretty happy with it. But the, the app thing, man. God, that just kills me. And all my people that I use the apps for are pulling the apps from the stores. Not that they're put, not putting them in there, but they're actually pulling them out and, and mm. killing them. That's what's killing me. Yep. Yes, my fitness pal and Amtrak, I'm looking at you. How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, it's about that time of the show where we talk about the Alien Rangers. Uh, we don't have the, you know, we need Josh. Maybe you can just, since you're a musician guy. We need a lead-in. We need a bumper for the ALM Rangers. You know, I was thinking about that. I might, I might have to ask Martin for his permission to sample his voice because I believe on a prior show he hummed some sort of lounge yes, rendition of <laughs> ALM Rangers. So I'll throw some uh, some bells and bongos in there, and maybe the next show you'll have a, a nice lead-in. Nice, awesome. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of lead-in, hey, uh, hey, there you go. I just happen to have a hot off the press link for practical guidance around dev test labs custom artifact development uh this is actually a project that i was the project lead on with a couple of other folks derek keeler being one oscar garcia colon was the other um we just got through the the project phase got a bunch of things committed to to github for custom artifacts that can be used in your dev test labs machines and you can check all of those out at the uh, at the blog post. The link will be in the show notes. And stay tuned for part two of that series, wherein we'll go into some of the details around debugging and some of the do's and don'ts around developing those uh, custom artifacts. Nice. How was it cat herding these guys? You know what? It was it was really awesome. We've I know that, that Willie's brought up a lot around the um, self-organizing team concept as mm-hmm. of late. And this was one where, um, you know, myself, I would get pulled into last minute, you know, jump straight up sessions because something was on fire and it wasn't really on fire, but people thought it was on fire. Um, hope my boss isn't listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> um but but in all reality, I would get pulled into meetings and, and get pulled onto things where I would have to do stuff. And it was at the same time as our scrum. And we had a lot of people, Derek being one of them, who stepped up and really helped to reorganize the the energy of the group around around different things and make sure that we were on track. So um, it was it was definitely it was a good challenge. I'll say that it was definitely a good challenge. Learned a lot. Uh, all the folks on the project learned a lot too, and I, and I think we learned a lot from each other. So all in all, I think it was a smashing success. <laughs> you know, when you're learning like that, there's nothing fewer things better than that. You know, you just walk away. It's like wow. Look at the end, and you look back of you know how the challenges that you overcame and the things that you learned. I love that feeling. So more ALM Ranger stuff. Uh, real quick, we're going to go through these really fast. Um, Willie P talked about talks about a work item visualization is one of the many productivity extensions out in the workplace. And he talks a little bit of history about this, how this thing worked, how it was built from way back in the day when it used the Architecture Explorer tool and it was all you know uh, DGML and how it got tweaked to work out on the web, along with a lot of the other 
extensions that they have available from branch visualization, build usage, countdown widgets, file owner, manager, uh, test case explorer, work item details, a bunch of the other extensions available for the uh, VSTS. And if you're using that, you try, you have work items that seem to be out of control. This visualization probably will help you a great deal. Secondly, he has a nice post on understanding lead and cycle time with our part-time community, exactly what Josh, you were talking about and, and uh, understanding how this works because everybody, everybody has a real job. Even Willie, they have a full-time job and they're still trying to find the time to do these items. So Willie talks about it a great deal using a uh, walking into a restaurant metaphor. And last, they continue, Willie continues to do the introductions. Like Josh will have the link to your uh, ALM Ranger introduction page in the show notes. Recently, like yesterday, they posted one for Brian A. Randall. And I'm giving a call out to Brian because he was my co-host on This Week on Channel 9 last year at the MVP Summit. So now you can see why is he called Brian A. Randall, not just Brian Randall. There's a secret there. You'll have to read the post to find that out. All right, Josh, I think that's a show. What do you think? I absolutely agree. Very good content. Um, a lot of rambling on my part, so that should just <laughs> prove to, to boost ratings. Uh, yeah, it just means that you're a normal host. Wow, yeah. you, you're getting this down. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. It, what people I, like go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just being <laughs> Feel free to strike that from the record. No, no, that's in. We are what we are. Warts and all. Yeah, nice. no. All right. Well, okay, I'm going to wrap up now, Josh. Okay. Is that yep. good? Now's a good time. Okay. We'll wrap up. We'll wrap up. Again, ladies and gentlemen. Well, first, Josh, again, I want to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate this. I, I think we're going to have to add you to the roles of regular guest co hosts. Is that such a thing? It can be a thing as long as you want it to be a thing. <laughs> I really want to. I really appreciate uh, and, and want to thank you for coming on. Uh, I think it was a great show, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for helping me retain the MVP award. It's your listening. It's your comments. It's your emails. It's your tweets. It's your voicemail uh, that make it happen. I can't tell you much uh, how honored and humbled I am to be awarded this again. Send us an email. Send it to radiotfs at outlook dot com. Twitter at Radio TFS, Facebook at slash Radio TFS, and voicemail. Remember, if it's safe for work, safe for broadcast, we'll play it on the air. 1-425-233-8379. And again, thank you for listening to Radio TFS.